Thank you so much for downloading this podcast. Do you know that God's word has the ability to make you what it talks about? As you listen to this sermon by Tikatoni, it is our prayer that you will be filled with faith, hope, and love. God bless you. Today is the Lazarus phenomenon. Say it after me. <laughs> yes, the Lazarus phenomenon. I was thinking of calling it the Lazarus effect, but I think I prefer the Lazarus phenomenon. On Sunday, we dealt with something very interesting. Yeah, and I want to add. What if you're sick? Should you not come to church because you're sick? I want to say that emphatically to some of you. There's a healing anointing here. Sickness is not supposed to be an obstacle to your faith. If you are sick, let it not be an obstacle to you. On Sunday, we talked from the book of um, John chapter 11. And man, from there we spoke about Easter and visions, right? We spoke about Easter and we spoke about visions and dreams. I told you how that it's a dreamer's world. I told you that this world belongs to dreamers. And I, 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 I gave you a lot of keys that I believe by the grace of God, is, uh, is helping you as long as you're using it. <clears throat> and today I'm going to tell you another one from the same John 11. Let's look at the book of John chapter 11. Man, we just opened up a lot of things that, that really, really um, encouraged us deeply on Sunday. Ah, and those of you that uh, traveled, thank you for the goodies that are on its way. John chapter 11. Let us start at uh, verse. Ah, wow, it's so interesting. Okay. <laughs> hmm. All right. Let us start at verse 35. Is there anyone who doesn't know John 11 from verse 35? Unless never been in a competitions. Seven thirty-five. Let's read it together. One, two, go. I know. <laughs> Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, "See how he loved him." But some of them said, "Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying?" Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen 
and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, Take grave clothes. Take off the grave clothes and let him go. I'd like us to read the 44th verse together. Want to go? Hold on, hold on. And I, I, this, this glorious disharmony is amazing. Verse 44, want to go? Yeah. King James, you would hear that it says, Then Jesus said to the people, Lose him and let him go. I love the word of God. Say it. The word of God is really amazing. I mean, from last week, you remember, Jesus was having a serious revelatory dialogue with, with, with one of the sisters of um, Lazarus, right? Now all of a sudden, Jesus says, open the grave. And very people who actually expected it started saying, no, there is a smell by this time. We don't want again, that kind of thing. And Jesus said, open the grave. They were not wrong. Man, I can go on and on and just tell us about the resurrection power out of there. But I want to tell you something that would deeply touch you. That would change your life this day. I mean, like from this day. You see, when you become a believer in Jesus, in fact, as a human being, you have three parts of you. The first part is your spirit. Your spirit is really you. How many of you have heard that before? Well, that's not a lie. Your spirit is really, really you. Then you have a soul. And then you have a body. What happened to Lazarus, this episode, Lazarus and Jesus, between death and eternal life, is exactly what happens to us when we become born again. Look at me for a minute. I'll never get this example that um, when I was much younger, <clears throat> settled it for me. It was a funny example but it did settle it for me. One man was saying, when you become born again, your heart is born again. Your spirit is born again rather. He said, but when the Bible says all come new, so the man said, if you were bowed, do you get hairs? I, at first, because you know, I used to think that when all things become new, it means your body if your leg was crooked, it becomes straight. If you had bow leg, you have straight leg. You know, if your head is big, it becomes sizable. If you had pimples, it just vanishes. All things have become new. That's, that's, that's what I really thought. So when the man... I know the funny thing. The person who was saying that was bowed. Is it when I gave my life to Christ, I was bowed? nothing happened and then that touched me deeply because it helped me understand a very very simple basic that when you become born again that the part of you that is saved is the part of you that is exactly like God and that is your spirit your spirit becomes brand new Everything about you becomes brand new. The Bible calls God the father of spirits, right? Yes. Everything becomes absolutely brand new. God has become your father. 
But you see, like Lazarus, see, when Jesus stood at that grave, this is what happened. This is exactly how you became born again. Let us call that grave your nature. And Jesus said, open the grave. They opened the grave. And Jesus now says, Lazarus, come. And Lazarus comes out. You, you do know he was not walking like this, right? He was tied with clothes. So Lazarus came out like this. I'm telling you that even though you didn't see the complete thing, people ran away. People were glad. People were astonished. But people ran away. I'll never, watching, uh, I'll never forget watching a video of somebody who was raised from the dead in a congregation. Um, I think uh, I didn't watch that particular video, but I heard about it when I was a member of Deeper Life Church. <laughs> so I was a member. Let me tell you what happened. One of the pastors died. And it is said that Pastor W.F. Kumui, they brought the coffin before the pulpit. And so W.F. Kumui was preaching. He was, you know, they usually do sermon before interment. So he was doing the sermon before the interment. While he was preaching, he now said, now it is time for us to pray. Oh, you, you know how Pastor W.F. Kumui is now. People running to be saved. Jesus! I mean, someone who is born again, you even see pastors wearing suit and tie coming out. I need Jesus. And so, people came out to be saved. Then he began to pray. And normally he would say, until I say the last amen. You know, don't go anywhere. Wait till you hear the last amen. So now he was praying. And he got to the last amen. He was saying, you know, all those stuff and Lord I pray anyone who calls upon your name will be saved in Jesus name and everybody said amen then he started praying for the sick he said and all who are sick in the name of Jesus Christ be healed and people said amen then he finished and he said the last amen he said, in Jesus' name, <clears throat> in Jesus' name, we pray. And the man who was in the coffin in the suit shouted, Amen. Brethren, all the people in front. <laughs> Bossa. They were amazed. But the front aisle was empty. The only person standing was the man preaching. The usher standing by his side left. <laughs> I mean, if it was an atomic bomb, <laughs> what would have happened? So everybody ran away. The man came out of the coffin and said that he was listening to his message. And when he said the last amen, his spirit came back to him. And that was amazing. Man! People were glad, but you know they won't go near the dead man. <laughs> like, bro, <laughs> is this you? <laughs> you know, things like that. But you were dead. And that, that the Holy Spirit is wonderful. Thank you, Jesus, for that. But in every sense of the word, that is exactly what happened when you were saved. You heard the word of God. And when you heard the word of God, it was like Lazarus being told, come out. And your spirit that was dead. The Bible says that he raised us to life who were once dead in our sins and in our trespasses. He raised us up together with Jesus. You rose from the dead. But see the interesting part of it. That is not all to Christianity. And that's the part that we don't see. You see, like Lazarus, that was not all to his resurrection, right? Lazarus, yes, Lazarus was, was, was raised from the dead. But something was still wrong 
with a picture. What was wrong? He still had his grave clothes on. He was now alive. He was brand new. All his organs that were removed came back. He was, a, he was now a human being. But his grave clothes. You know, the man couldn't walk normally. This is how he walked. He couldn't run. He couldn't jump high. He couldn't even see. The Bible says there was a, a, an, a hanky. Normally they would take a cloth and cover, wrap the face around it. So his face too was He was mummified. His face too was covered. When you become born again, your spirit is brand new and is alive to God. But man, there is that part of you that still got his grave clothes on. That's the mind. That's the soul. That is the soul. Say the soul. All the old ways of thinking are still there. All the challenges, all the limitations are still there. Lazarus came out with his limitations. But he was alive. But then he came out with his limitations. When La I can imagine the journey before Lazarus came from the ground. How did he even stand up from the ground? He must have been like, mm, mm, mm. then he went sideways. Mm, mm, mm. Then he started coming. And then it must have taken time. He would have gone like six steps, then he would stop. He has not eaten in four days after all. <sighs> <sighs> I think that there was, there was a slight delay before the man came out. So by the time he showed up, I'm sure he must have been sweating already. Exercise. Oh my God. Oh my God. But he was alive. When we become brand new people in our spirits, there is still that part of us that needs to be brand new. And that's it is because of the mind that we still hold on to some lies to some limits that we still hold on to, to some things that are not found anywhere in the word of God have you heard someone say something like this my brain is not for mathematics <laughs> that there are some people that were born for mass my brain eh? let's leave that matter <laughs> If, if I just do any course, Mathematica, F is assured. I cannot, I cannot, I cannot, I cannot walk under anybody. I don't, I don't, I don't have that grace. You live with limitations. You become addicted to your weaknesses. Because while your spirit is unlimited... The limits exist somewhere in the mind. The limits exist inside of the mind. So then sometimes we start asking ourselves, why is it that even though I'm born again, even though I speak in tongues, things are still going weird for me. Things are not going right. Why is it that things are never going straightforward? Well, it's the grave clothes. Is it stuff from the past? that is still existing with your mind now. It's the fears. I tell you this, anybody that is afraid of cockroach is afraid of Satan. <laughs> I didn't see anybody that avoids cockroach. <clears throat> Some people are laughing. I don't know why they are laughing. All right. How many of you remember that incident that time I told you? All right. Your, your mind is supposed to be brand new. It's not supposed to remember. Anybody, anybody afraid of rats? You're afraid of juju? <laughs> yes, no. If you're afraid of rats, you'll be afraid of cats. Because once you see cats, you like, hey, you are, you are new, you're a brand new person, but the, your mind, something inside your mind is not okay. There is a feeling of witchcraft. <laughs> there's just 
you know you know in your head you have a head knowledge that there is no 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 nothing but something in your heart is still shaking this thing why is he looking at me <laughs> i'll never forget a young man who told me one time that when he was coming from school a cat was walking behind him then he started speaking in tongues he turned he did rah <laughs> went four distances away took steps back he turned again and the cat was still coming that was when he started noticing all the features of the cat it was black the eye was shining in the dark but that's what cat's eyes are he said the eye was shining in the dark then it was following him following him following him, following him. he turned he said in the name of jesus and the cat was just looking at him he said okay this matter has casted he started running <laughs> Do you know nothing in his mind told him the cat was hungry? Nothing. Nothing. A white man will say, oh, oh look at this cute cat who carry the cat and cuddle it. You will run. You will shout, witch! Jesus! Jesus! They've sent them all! Tell your neighbor, grave clothes are bad. So it was not it was not complete. God's part was complete. But but the resurrection story, the phenomenon of Lazarus's resurrection was not complete until the clothes were taken away. Jesus said to them, "Loose him and let him go." Loose him and let him go. Brothers and sisters, I know you are born again. I know that you are filled with the Holy Spirit. I know that God's grace is assured in your heart. But do you see your mind? Your mind needs some work. The Word of God has to also do a work in your mind. But that work is not God's job. If it were God's job... As soon as you got born again, you would have no memory of anything. But it's not God's job. It's your job. It's your job. To lose yourself from the limits. Tell your neighbor, lose yourself from the limits. Lose yourself from the fears. Lose yourself from the lies. We live in that particular world. Do you know that there's still some of us here who don't believe that someone can lead in this world without God? You say, no, <laughs> look, if you're not connected in this life, forget, guy, forget. You say you want to enter politics, no connection. Forget, nothing. See, there's nothing that will save you now. Don't you understand? You live like that. It's not to say that you should not be connected to people. But you live a life absolutely dependent on what I am. That's what the evil people call it. People in the East, it's one of the slangs. I am. Man, madu. man, no man. Until you know somebody. To the point where even when you enter bank line, you start looking for the security man whose hand you shook that afternoon. And two of you exchange greetings to just say, have fun now. So that perhaps your connection will help you. Even to buy food. I recently went to eat at Chicken Republic. When I got to Chicken Republic, I was there. I was busy. I was, I was what a normal human being should be. Orderly. I was standing. One man just came and called the name of me. Hey, Cecilia, hey, how are you? <laughs> She said, yes, sir, yes, sir. And I was standing there. I had already waited for two people. This guy just came in. I said, Cecilia, how are you? And Cecilia walked and said, yes, sir. I said, Cecilia, come, come, let's talk. <laughs> I said, why? 
she says sorry you know that you know what you know what so I turned to the man and preached to him I think he gave his life to Christ but I didn't ask for an altar call <laughs> we live with those kinds of every day in our lives that's what makes us struggle all the things that seem to be difficult on the outside are not really difficult on the outside. There are things that come from inside of us. There are things that come from inside of us. A life of powerlessness comes from within. It does not come from outside. When people are not saved, when you preach the gospel, it's not, it's not from within. It's not from outside, it's from inside. When people are not healed, anything, when business is not working, anything, it's from inside. It's still inside. The mind is still clothed with something that limits it. With something that stops it from functioning in the fullness of the spirit of life. And I've got to tell you something. This is the good news. You can be free. Amen. Amen. I said you can be free. Absolutely free in your mind. Absolutely free on the inside of you. Absolutely free. But how can you walk in this freedom on the inside of you? The first thing Jesus says about that is you shall know the truth. And what would happen? The truth shall make you free. The truth you know is your freedom. The truth that you know is your freedom. You can't continue to live like life is against you. You can't continue to live like sometimes things go bad, sometimes things go up, sometimes things go down. You can continue to live life blaming everyone for everything that has happened to you. For every challenge that you have. For every problem that you face. Thinking that the reason why is because of another person. You can continue to live life like that. You can continue to live life afraid every day. Afraid of water. Afraid of human beings. Afraid of guns. Afraid of weapons afraid of nothing too have you seen people who just have fear of nothing if you off light you hear jesus just just off in light why is that so because the limits exist on the inside of us we don't know the truth so we are not set free even though we are at liberty even though we are at liberty even though all freedom is right in Christ, you have to know that freedom is your right. You have a right to prosperity. Say to yourself, I have a right to increase. A right to glory. I have a life to power. A right. I have a right to upwardness. I have a right to success. These things are not privileges. They are rights. You know the challenge? The challenge sometimes is that when you live in a country like Nigeria, you don't get used to exercising rights. So even in the word of God, you're not used to exercising your rights. If somebody came to you, is it possible for a policeman to just tell you, come out and lie down? Some of you shaking your head, no. It's possible. The man will just open your All of you come outside, lie down here. You, God, need that inside the gutter. You will be walking there and be saying, Oh God, what did I do? Oh God, what did I do? Ah, uh-uh. is here. Ah, uh-uh. ah. Don't we have rights in this country? <laughs> but now you can say no. Can an army man just start flogging you? And he just says, you, come. He just sees you randomly. You are listening to music. Why are you using earpiece? Come here. Frog jump. Frog jump, stupid boy. He flogs you. 
rolls you, then tells you, yeah, come on, roll. Then you say, thank you, sir. After being robbed of your rights. In this physical world, because in Nigeria, we have used to being robbed of our rights. We don't even know what is our, our right in Christ. We don't know how to exercise our rights in Christ. Success is a right. Success is not a privilege. Success is not a privilege. Have you heard somebody say, those privileged few successful people? There are no privileged successful people. There are people who exercise their rights to be successful. Prosperity is not a privilege. There are still some of us here who think prosperity is a privilege. Now when a person is rich, ah, they are privileged. Uh, isn't that anything? Ah, God. Hey. I remember one time, a young man um, had a friend whose dad was an illiterate and a very rich man. And this lady, she was just, she was just buying all of the latest devices. And the guy was angry. He said, just look at how wealth is wasted on this family. Ah, God, God, why did you do, 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 hey! He was angry. He was angry with God. He was angry. He was saying, what kind of life is this one? How will God just make them rich? God made them rich. God made them rich. This means God made you poor. So God all of a sudden just looks at, see this man, this stack illiterate. I like him. Let's give him money. You, you went to school. Why did you go to school? Don't give him money. Just allow them to be surviving. That's, that's how we see. That's how some of us still see prosperity. As a privilege. Pros your right in Christ. It's not just your right in Christ. It's your right in life. You don't have to be a Christian to prosper. Because it's your basic human right. It's your basic human right. Why do we think some of these things to be privileges? Do you know why? Because of the limits that exist on the inside. Because we don't have the truth sufficient inside our minds. We don't have the word of God dictating the inward man. We have circumstances dictating the inward man. We don't yet think that if something is not right, that what we need to do, the first place to make it right is within you. Before you make it right outside. Because if on the inside, nothing is right, nothing will work right on the outside. Lazarus would be alive, but will still not be free. Some of us, that's why we don't know why we are Christians, but we don't know how to express ourselves. Do you know one of the things that makes evangelism difficult? With that figure of speech, great, 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 uh, grave clothes. The fear of rejection. Shame. It seeps into us. It has become the limits about which our minds are wrapped up. But today, after today, I see you vehemently living outside of the limits in your life. Then there are those of us who are always afraid of exams. Always afraid. Once it's a serious matter in your life, you get scared. One of the things you are afraid of is whether you will do well or whether you will not do well. That's not of God. That's not a godly thing. Righteousness reigns inside you. The word of God has dominion of your mind. If you allow the word of God to rule your mind, circumstances will change to suit what the word of God really says. Because nothing just happens. Friends, nothing just happens. Some people think that good things happen in the day randomly. 
Good things don't happen in the day randomly. How many of you have experienced this kind of thing? Where you wake up angry and it's like the whole day is bad. Who has ever experienced something like that? You wake up, somebody did something wrong or you're just depressed. That day, even food is not sweet. Even your own best food. I know some of you, you've never had the opportunity to say food is not sweet. But yes, there is that time. Even food is not sweet. Everything, everything is just annoying you. Somebody calls you, you just look at the phone, I'm not in the mood. You're not in the mood to pick calls, you're not in the mood to respond to chats, you're not in the mood to do anything. Oh, you just want to do it. I beg, ah, 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 edge of, ah. <laughs> Leave me alone. What is it? Do you know what's wrong with you? What is wrong with you is not outside you. What is wrong with you is not what someone has done to you. What is wrong with you is not what is happening outside. It is something inside. A good day starts on the inside. A day of miracles starts on the inside. Let me tell you how this was forever cemented in my mind. Some days ago. Um, how many of you are learning something? Can I see your hand up? You're not learning? <laughs> you didn't hear me clearly. Well, uh, they're not hearing me. Okay. Oh, no, no, it's okay. It's okay. It's supposed to be loud, though. Jesus. Okay. Now, this is very, very important. Some days ago, I and Pastor Peace were, were chatting on Facebook. And then the Holy Spirit said to my heart, make his day good. How do I make his day good? Do you know the first thing I thought? I'm not a girl, God. Then the Holy Spirit was like, what? I said, I'm sorry. It just came out. Because the opposite sex is one of the set of people that makes someone else happy. Especially if you're, if you're very close friends with the person. Right? Okay, so I said, Lord, that's just basic human interaction. You know, I'm a human being. You are the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit said to my heart, he said, that's not what I'm talking about. Make his day a series of miracles. I said, how do I do it? Then the Lord said to me, he said, give him a surprise. I said, okay. Ah, okay. Oh, is that? <laughs> I understand. So, I shocked him. While we were chatting, I was sending him money. As I sent him, as he just saw the alert, it was surprise amount. As he just saw the alert, he called me and said, shouting, hey, teacher, team, my father, my father, my father. They didn't know what he said. He said, ah, this day will be good. Do you know the amazing thing? Throughout that day, he kept receiving financial gifts. That day was jump-started with goodness and mercy. That day was jump-started. But do you know what really happened? It was the inside. I had no idea what was probably going on with him. Probably he was having a challenge, right? Probably he didn't have what he needed financially. Then I just did that. And I could tell he was happy. He was so happy. He started putting Facebook statuses of happy things. Those of you who follow Pastor Peace, you would know what his statuses are like. He started putting happy things up and down. Or just that it was, it was a very happy day. He called me like four times. I said, oh boy, you want to use the money on credit? He said, no, sir, I just want to know how you are. I said, I'm fine. It's me that should be asking you, how are you? But that's just what it is. You see, life with God is actually very easy and practical. Some of us don't like to start our day on a note of victory. You're hoping the Holy Spirit makes you happy. You're hoping someone makes you happy. Do you know the worst thing? Some of you wake up to statuses. You just wake up, the first thing you do is just open Facebook. Or you check, start checking Facebook statuses on something that will make you laugh. <laughs> That's a horrible way to start your day. 
you can take off the limits from your life. I think there was a man of God who once spoke on something like this. You know what he called it? Detoxifying your life. You can detox yourself. You can walk in the goodness of God every day. You know one of the first things I do the moment I wake up? In most times, but no more every time, but most times. As I wake up, the first thing I do is I shout. Ah, the lion has awakened. And then I start gingering myself. Woo, glory to God. And I'm full of joy. Oh, I get in spirit mode. But I don't come out when I'm in spirit mode. Think about all these things. You can have a very fulfilled day. You can have a very fulfilled week. So the first thing is knowing the truth. The second thing is expectation. Your expectation is your reception. What you expect, you receive. Most of us don't expect good things. In fact, you, you, just, you're, you might be one of those kinds of people who say things like, my life is just okay. No, oh, no, no, no. Our problem. <laughs> you know, life is just, just like that. I don't have too much. I don't have wants in this world. My life is, I'm just a basic person. And as you see me, cloth and trouser, shirt and trouser. That's all that I am. So you don't expect good things. You don't expect good things. Expect good things every minute, every day. Even when you preach to people, expect reception. You know what some of you expect? You, the first thing you just expect is, you just see the guy frowning. You say, Che, you see his lips are black. Hey, cultist, what if I meet him now? He slaps me, he says, bring your money around. You never expect good things. You never expect good things. But you want good things to happen to you. You're like Lazarus in this case. The grave clothes are still on. Be free from your limits. The power of God is available every day for us to walk in. The power of the Holy Spirit. I want you to say this after me. Enough to a life of powerlessness. You can't live a powerless life. You can't live as though your day is run by something mystic. As though you are not in command of your day. As though you are not in command of your life. You can't live with the old way of thinking. The old mentalities. The first thing God did in you was to, say, was to recreate a new spirit. But the second thing that must happen is to recreate a new mind. Because if a new mind is not present, a new man will not still exist. You will be born again with all the messed up things that have happened to you in your life. You will always live in the past. You will always live in hearts. You will always live in pain. Every time you think you're in regrets, nothing seems to be good enough for you. You're always living on the short end of life. But I do not see that about you today. Amen. I see a difference. I see that just as Jesus Christ has raised Lazarus from the dead and Lazarus has been freed of his clothes, that's how you're free too. No difference. <clears throat> no difference. Transformation is not hard. You might also be a person who is always naturally depressed. It's not nature. It's not nature. God did not make bad people. When God made things, the Bible said, and he saw it was good. Depression is not good. You just wake up, you're depressed. You don't feel like talking to anybody. You just shut down. Never takes light in your mind. You don't want to think. You don't want to pray. You are in quarrel mode. Everything irritates you. It's not natural. You're not okay. 
You're not healthy in your soul. Your soul is sick. Your soul is sick. Your soul is deeply sick. Look, if your soul were a human body, you need to be in the intensive care unit. I'm not joking. Or if you're one of those people who you just can't explain why you just randomly, your emotions are random. You're highly emotional. Your emotions are random. So right now, you can be happy. Ten minutes later, bah, you've gone. Five minutes later, then you're happy. You expect everybody to be happy. Ah, play now. This is, yeah, I'm not in the mood. You will play. Ah, you don't want to play. Then you too, you change. If it's like that. Every malanto is keto. You switch off. The person switches off. The person was just normal. All of a sudden, you turn to quarrel. Because you wanted to play. When it was, when you felt like playing. Now the person was not angry. The person was just normal. The person was probably inwardly happy, but not ready to express. And so you said, you don't want to, uh, oh, oh, it's like that. Oh, uh, uh. You just walk out of the door. Close the door. You have done the person back. Do you see where that's, that's, do you know what that's called? It's called carnality. Tell your neighbor, take off the, gra- the, the grave clothes. Take off the limits today. Take off the limits today. My job as a man of God is not just to come tell you about other aspects of the anointing when you don't know some aspects of the anointing. The anointing cannot flow in the life of an unstable person. anointing cannot flow through the life of someone who is unstable the bible says so a person who is unstable is like a sheep tossed let that man know he cannot receive anything from god you cannot be unstable you can be like jesus in your mind you are already like him in your spirit amen you're already like him in your spirit Could it be that it's only after Sunday service that some of us walk away with a sense of victory? Then after service, three days later, we need victory again. Some of you, one thing happens to you for two weeks, nobody will see you. Yeah, I don't know what's happening to my life. You just isolate. You are losing the war. There was not supposed to be a war, but now you're losing it. Because you entered into a battle you were not supposed to be in. Do you know that the real place Satan wants to get a hold of is your mind? If anything happens in your body, it's to attack your mind. If anything happens to your your food, to your money, it's to attack your mind. It's not to attack your body. What do you think Satan wants to do with this body? He knows that that's not even what is coming to... I'm not saying you. That's, what, that's not what's coming to hell. You're not, you know you cannot go to hell. As long as you're saved. The battlefield is in here. It begins at selfishness. Some of us have not even gotten over the love, the death of a loved one. You've still not gotten over it. When you see... Maybe you see, maybe it's your, it's your brother or sister or mother or father that died. When you see other brothers and sisters playing, you get moody. You cannot even celebrate happiness. You're selfish. Selfishness is just the root. Some of you don't get over hot. It remains forever. With you, it is forever. What that person did to you 15 years ago, when you see their picture on Facebook, resentment comes up. <clears throat> you just feel a sense of resentment as soon as you just see their picture on Facebook. You smile on the outside, you say, oh, thank you, Jesus. Ah, this, this girl is doing well. Though. On the inside, you're like, 
let me even unfriend this guest. Eh? I don't like seeing all these kind of things. The person's joy makes you sad. They are supposed to be sad. It's not that you, you are doing this thing outwardly. Sometimes you may even wonder why it's happening like that. Why is this thing happening like that inside me? Maybe you and someone had a misunderstanding. After that misunderstanding, since that day, it has been impossible for people to talk normally again. Since that day. Now it's, before it was, hey, now it's half a. Okay, thank you. You don't shake hands. When you shake hands, this is how you shake. There's one brother that shakes like that, brother Stephen Egili. This is how he shakes. Like, potter, potter. <laughs> But that's his shaking pattern. I've learned it, so my own is to shake like that. When you hang <laughs> I think another person that shakes like that is Eras. Did I shook his hand? It was weird. <laughs> listen, listen. Very important. Very important. Where do these things come from? Get loose. Get loose and go. Jesus said, "Loose him and let him." go. Don't maintain the grave clothes. You may have come from a poor background, but you are not poor. You may have not been educated, but you are no illiterate. You may not have money, but you are not broke. You know what? If you're going to enjoy prosperity, start at contentment. Start at contentment. Start at not wanting what others have. Start at not being jealous of others. Get loose of the, of the grave clothes. Tell your neighbor that. No, no, no. Move around and tell four people around you. Get loose of the grave clothes. You don't deserve to be where you are. You don't deserve to be in the heart. You don't deserve to be in that prison. As I round up, I want you to look with me at the book of Hebrews chapter 2. Amen. I'm preaching good and I know it. What a great day you're having today. I know how your day is going to be after now. I know, I know that I know that I know. I know. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 14. Verse 14. <clears throat> it says, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that he might destroy, that he through death might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those who through the fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Do you know what the word there? Observe, there is one word I want you to observe there. Sister Faith, do you know the word I want you to observe there? Subject subject <clears throat> subjection is not the same thing as oppression <clears throat> everything when you hear the word subject you know what you're hearing you're hearing someone who gives himself willingly the subjects of a king are the people who bow the knee willingly. They voluntarily, they voluntarily come under the person. They were not forced. They were not oppressed into it. The Bible tells us that the people who have lived in bondage through the fear of death all their lifetime were subject to it. They have willingly bowed the knee to the fear of death. It's not Satan that brought people into captivity in this level. In this level. These grave clothes. 
it's not something that you didn't choose. It's something you now choose. To stay where you are. To remain on the same level. But you deserve to be happy. <clears throat> you shouldn't be subject to bondage. You shouldn't be a subject to captivity. This means you willingly allow captivity to hold you down. You look at captivity. This is how, this is how it is. You take the keys to your own prison. You order your prison to be made. You walk into the prison. Pass your hand through the gate. Lock the door. Call the devil and you say, hold this key till I want to come out. Then you stay inside and start shouting, in the name of Jesus, I declare my freedom. But, but who kept you there? You were subject to bondage. You subjected yourself to bondage. Lose him and let him go. God wants to give your life a meaning. God wants to give your life a sense of purpose, a sense of joy, a sense of fulfillment. Every day, every moment, circumstances are not supposed to define who you are. They're not supposed to define any level of life you're at. You're supposed to walk with your head high like a king. Saying I'm victorious. That's how you're supposed to be every time. But you know what? We allow ourselves to be subjected. We subject ourselves to bondage. I want you to say I'm free. Say it like you mean it. Say I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. You are free. Jesus partook of the human nature just so that you could know that you could walk out of that subjection anytime you want. That you could stretch your hand and say, come, give me the keys. And guess what would happen? Satan is not going to put up a fight. Satan has one job. His job is to be under your feet. He doesn't have any other job. Do you still remember how to write a message to Satan? You want to tell Satan in the morning you suck. Take a pen, write it under your shoe and walk. he read it from down there. Because when you step on his face, he can see you suck. There is no other place for Satan other than under your feet. Satan is not sitting on your knees. Satan is not holding your waist. Satan is not on your neck. Satan is not hanging on your shoulders laughing. <laughs> That's not where Satan is. The Bible says he subjected all things under his feet. And if it's under his feet, it's under your feet. Satan is under your feet. Satan is under your feet. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. You are not subject anymore. You can deliberately live in the life of God every day. Right now, you can change anything. But it must change from the inside. Your mind is your job. You cannot succeed if your mind is not successful. Did you hear me tell you some services ago that you are not what you think you are? You are what you think. You are not what you think you are. You are what you think. And if the, if the nature of your thoughts is always unsuccessful, always full of struggle, always full of delays, if every good thing that will happen in your life is going to happen in the future, there will never be a future like that. Do you know that? Because when you get to that age, it will happen in the next future. And when you get to that age, it will happen when? In the next future. You deserve good right now. Take the word of God. Say it to yourself. And think it to yourself. 
and use it in your words and let it take a hold of your insights because your spirit is perfect your spirit is right you can't be any more right than you are in your spirit you are exactly like Jesus in your heart but I'll tell you what I mean the Bible says as he is so are we in this world have you noticed that there are just folks that are not like Jesus but that scripture is not a lie because it's the truth of God's word. What I see today, I see, I don't know how, I can feel something good is about to happen to you. I feel it in my heart. I can see it in your smile. I, there's a reason I always tell people to smile. There's a reason a lot of people don't understand it. A lot of people don't understand why I always tell people smile. I tell people that victory begins with a smile. You will never see a person who wins or who has been winning without a smile. Never. Never ever. How many of you have ever watched Usain Bolt during the Olympics? When he comes in, Shebi is waving people. He has serious race. He's waving people. He's waving. He's, he's just waving. Carrying the Jamaican flag up. Woohoo! Time for the race. He's stretching his legs and smiling. You know why he's smiling? He has already won. He knows. By the time his leg touches the tarmac, Hussein Bolt has seen himself at the end line. He's smiling. The one person that is always difficult to fight is a person whom when you are challenging the person, the person is smiling. You start getting careful. Did it happen to you? If you never had the experience in secondary school, I'm glad you didn't fight. There was one particular person I always wanted to fight in my life in school. But the problem was I was scared of him because he always smiled. When you tell him, I will wound you, you kick him, he'll just be smiling. Later, you just come and apologize. You're like, bro, I'm sorry. That thing I didn't mean it. You say, no, wala, no, wala. The funny thing was that he was a really evil person. He smiled at everything. When he smiles, you know you're going down. He will never retaliate at the point where you are doing what you're doing. Never. And he will not touch you in your body. No. I know what he did to me. I was forming the second strongest student in the school. I was bullying people. So I got to this brother and I bullied him. No problem. I slapped him and took his food. No problem. Just imagine when I think of the things I did. Slapping people and taking food. What a life. I was more or less an ecosystem boy. <clears throat> After I took his food, the guy didn't say anything. He was just smiling. Something was telling me, give this boy back his food with extra. I said no. The next day, when I woke up, I saw all my uniforms. They were hanging outside, and all of them were turned into shobele. All of them, and the trousers were made bomb shots. He sliced everything, then cut my sandals in pieces. He came and he said, good morning, I did it. You want to beat me? Beat me, no problem. He said, beat me, no problem. I have never seen anyone. He got the nickname the devil for that reason. He did so much evil, but he never, he was always smiling. Do you know that when you smile in the face of a situation, the devil does not know what to do with you again. He's confused. You're supposed to be shouting. You're supposed to be frustrated, but you're smiling. <laughs> And everything is turning around. Then you're still smiling. Then Satan calls. Confusion come. What's happening there? I'm confused. <laughs> because you have the victory. Break a smile. Praise the Lord. God loves you and thinks a lot about you. Shall we stand to our feet? Thank the Lord for the word today.
Thank him with a smile. Talk to him freely. God bless you for listening to this anointed sermon of Tchatonye today. We are excited and would love to hear from you. Kindly share your questions, prayer needs, and praise reports about how this sermon has blessed you. No matter how brief, via our email address at playfan at gmail.com. That is P-L-E-F-A-N at gmail.com. Kindly subscribe and share so the name of Jesus can go far and wide through this ministry. And until next time, God bless you.